Welcome to the Warning Track Power Hour. I'm Andrew Scaff. He's Mike Orman. Today we're going to be talking about uh, future MLB rule changes to be implemented starting next year uh, and going through our NFL betting uh, from last week and predictions for next week. Are you ready to start this? Start the show. Yeah, I'm, re- I'm ready, Andrew. I think uh, we can both do better on our betting predictions, but let's let's talk about baseball first, and then we can yeah. then we can uh, dissect week one and move on to week two of the NFL. Right. Yeah, that's not so good. Maybe, maybe ask you a quick like personality type question first. When you review like your how you did in the previous week, do you immediately go to what you got right first or what you went wrong first? Um. I or do you just entirely omit what you did right and only look at what you did wrong? I look at what I did wrong, but I also I, I tend to blame uh, I blame poor performances by certain teams that should have known better. Because uh, my my picks were, were spot on. I had I had great instincts as usual, but somehow you it's know these me teams, that did it wrong. These teams underperformed. They did it wrong. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's fair. That's good. Or the other team caught a lucky break. I think I think that's healthy. Yeah. So I don't think I think I think my instincts were right, but you can't win you can't win them all. That's why they play the games. That's that's fair. How about you? What do you do? You look at you look at you think about what goes wrong. Are you are you a pessimist? I think I think Glass I, half empty. I think I kind of simultaneously gloat about the um, ones I got right, and then yeah um, yeah then then try to figure out how to how to uh, do the fix something for the next time. And I know yeah. You know, football like week week one i always uh, don't tend to like to bet on stuff like that because it's uh it's hard to bet week one know enough. there's not enough information crazy. to really make accurate predictions and you get things like last year green bay got you know smoked by new orleans pretty good and uh you have weird weird one-off results sometimes um that's so maybe that's the case the giants win against uh a team that's supposed to be pretty decent yeah, well, the Giants actually might be. Well, if they, you know, they're in a bad division. Dallas's quarterback is hurt. Um, the Eagles are the favorite probably right now, and the Eagles are still the Eagles. Right. So, you know, you never know. The Giants is the NFC. The NFC is pretty weak. Um, the Giants could be fighting for a wild card. You never know. Uh, if Saquon stays healthy, uh, Daniel Jones starts to figure things out a little bit. Uh, they could be a, you know, a decent team in the NFC. Uh, the NFC only has what two, three good teams, probably. And we saw the Rams last week against Buffalo, did not looking very good. Not looking so good. Um, Tampa, you know, beat a very bad Dallas team, and now the Dallas, that very bad Dallas team is getting worse. Um, with Literally way, way worse. Yeah. yeah. Um, Soul crushing injury coming during the first game. Green Bay looked terrible in their first week but maybe that's just like they did last week last year but you know they didn't look very good minnesota looked pretty good um i will say my my analysis on uh green bay was uh was a spot spot wrong though right the only team the only team in the nfc west that won was the seattle seahawks who everyone predicted would be the worst team in the nfc west by a good margin so it week one was a little strange their um quarterback went to yeah they, they beat they beat Denver, yeah, in a very strange fashion, but yeah. Denver lost that game more, I think, than, than uh, the Seahawks won, but still, it's a victory, and, you know, they pulled out a game that the 49ers couldn't um, 
the Cardinals got smoked by the Chiefs. The, the Rams hung in for one half, but then turned the ball over a ton. It was, yeah, the NFC is pretty open. So I think the Giants could be, you know, or even those, or even the Commanders. Uh, one of those, one of those NFC East teams could be challenging for something. Um, the Central, you know, the Bears and the Lions didn't look terrible last week. Uh, the Lions were way down, but sort of came clawed back and almost beat the Eagles. So yeah, um, you never know. Uh, and uh, so, but you know a little bit better each week, I suppose. So week two, we should know a little bit more than we know week one. Um, but before we get get to the NFL, which we should we should uh, talk about baseball since that's what we're since the season's winding down. We've already heard though some things that will be implemented. Next year, actually, I've only heard that there are new changes. You know what those changes are, and, and you're going to tell me about them. I have seen those changes. Yeah, let's see, let's see what you think of them. Um, yeah, and it, a lot of it is uh, to do with the pace of pace of play, and so there is going to be a pitch clock next season, more um, rigid. There are like our clocks in most um, maybe yeah, see stadiums around. now, but they're going to actually be enforcing. Uh, 15 second timer with bases empty um, for a pitcher to start his um, his uh, windup. Okay. And uh, 20 seconds if there's a runner on base. Runner on base. I like those changes. I like that because I like to get the game moving. And also, I think it wasn't just the pitchers being slow, but it was also batters being very deliberate and slow. And, and this forces. And so there also is a rule about that now, too, where the batter has to be in the box and alert to the pitcher by the eight second mark. Ooh, I like in the pitch clock, so that or they or they can be charged with an automatic strike. Mm. If the pitcher doesn't deliver within the fifteen or twenty second, depending on the base runner situation, it will be an automatic ball. Automatic, automatic yeah. strike, automatic ball. How will those be counted in pitch counts? That's a question. Um, I think I will count as a as a pitch. It will probably be an easier on the. On they they may have to count um, recalculate like um, pitchers like pitcher like load or something like that for uh their actual like work done like how many pitches they threw or actually threw versus pitches they have in their pitch count maybe yeah, left start keeping or like a strikeout you know how would that would that strikeout count as a pitcher's strikeout or will it count as a kind of automatic um yeah. strikeout if that if something like that happens there may there may have to be new, walk. Ca- new categories for some of these things right yeah of like walks you know non-pitched walks or i guess they, they have intentional walks that are uh non just automatic now too and will that be a way to do an intentional walk will you be able to just not pitch and i guess you could and they already have the non-intentional intentional walk where they just signal uh to the catcher they don't have to throw those right in place for a few years now they don't have to throw those uh outside pitches every time um, which I kind of miss. I like the ceremony of the intentional walk. Yeah, um, especially with somebody it, who's like ra- like totally rattled and, uh, and like can't hit the mitt even at a, from like a standing position. Yeah, and that's one of those things that people say gets slows the kink up, but doesn't really. It's Not really. More of a you know, each one of those intentional walk pitches probably takes about five seconds to do. It's not like it takes a long time. Right. I, I would but baseball never really wants to address the the thing that actually has added significant time to games. And that's because they're all televised. They all have advertising. Yes. That's that's what's really added time to the games. The games themselves, I don't think, are any longer than they've ever been. Well, I think batters hit more foul balls than they used to. 
I think uh, I think pitch, fouling pitches off and working and working high pitch counts is is trained more into batters. But, but that's been so, there were always guys that did that. Yeah, but I, I don't but think really what's added the most time to it is, is advertising break. I think I think that's in true. between any like on field things that they do at the stadiums. Yeah, those on field things that do at the stadium are really annoying usually, and I wish they would have. I guess I guess some kids sometimes like them and stuff like that, but yeah, I I just think just just get on with the game. So, so additionally to the just the pitch clock itself, there are a few extra rule changes to do um, with uh, throwing to base at base runners to trying to attempt pickoffs. Hmm. It's now limited to two pickoff attempts. If they try a third time and do not get them, they re- the base runner is awarded the next base automatically. So, then if, so if they try a third time and do not pick the guy off. That base runner automatically Correctly goes to goes to the next base. Yes. Okay, I like that. I like that. I don't like too many pick. I like I like to encourage stolen bases. I like uh, not yeah. too many pickoff throws. I like throwing it to the batter rather than throwing it to first base or second base or third base or whatever uh, they're holding them on. Usually, it's first base. Um, yeah, I like I like that rule. Not because uh, that that will encourage base runners to be bolder and. Uh, yeah, I think it has a little bit of strategy in it too. So you're not going to, especially with the pitch clock included in that, you can't just step off the rubber and throw. You know, it's 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 it's. I think I think that's I think that's a good idea. Yeah, so they can they can step off and throw within the 20 seconds. If there's a runner on. If they step off, the clock does reset, but they only get a certain number of disengagements, like per per um, you know pitch. I see. So, so they they still are trying to limit that. Okay. Um, that side of it too so like those um at bats with a guy on base shouldn't last forever like they can do they tend to do more so in the playoffs than they do in the regular season games but uh i, I think this is this this is a good a good change to keep the game moving at least mm-hmm. so there are um they are keeping the um five mound visits per game per team rule okay. it looks like they are adding as adding a potential sixth visit for the ninth inning okay um if they have not already used their five they'll get a sixth for just the ninth inning so that's not really adding too much time no um and it does so the, the umpires will have some freedom to award additional time um say like the example that mlb gave is that if a catcher were to be thrown out on the bases to end the previous half inning, they will provide some extra time to let the catcher like get his gear on to get back behind the plate for the beginning of the next inning. Okay. So they're not they're not going to enforce the rule like that strictly for for that nice. part of the game at least. Yeah, umpires and catchers always have a kind of rapport with one another though too. So yes, that's good. Typically, yes. They're always. What I, what I think are maybe the bigger changes though is they are officially banning the defensive shifts and so they're going to have the each team uh, the defensive team will have to have two defensive players on on either side of second base and they have to have both feet on the infield dirt this is the new rule mm. for next time so i like uh, that too that should that shouldn't because batting averages have gone way down um but just it's just a, it's just the world of home runs and walks now, and maybe um, actually having a, a world where, where hits are, are back is part of baseball. Base running, you know, you know, stolen bases might be part of it. Again, it, bring, it brings it brings baseball back to 
um, you know, maybe the 1970s, 1980s uh, right. style of things. But when we were young and before we were young, um, it, when, when baseball really was the most popular sport um, in the country. And I think, I think that's, I think that's good because um, speeding up the games, getting more action on the bases. Um, that's, uh, I think more exciting, even home runs are exciting, but there's so much dead time around home runs right? Uh, and, you know, double or triple or, you know, um, and then, you know, stolen bases. Those, those I think are um, much more interesting and playing for one run rather than playing for, you know, waiting for the big home run um, is sometimes uh, more entertaining. Uh, yeah. But it should be the end of the like solid line drive up the middle that's actually an easy out because there's a guy standing right behind second base for um, yeah. a defensive shift. Yeah, the shifts I I think I, but, I like the shift in some ways because it's 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 clever playing, but it also gets to be a little bit old. Um and it makes the game I think I, I my idea at one point was well if you if you if you play the shift for one person, you should be required to have that that um line up the whole inning um that's that's interesting uh you so, think people so will you, actually do that if they if you think there's a left-handed guy that you really want to get out you should um play pre-shift yeah you, you should pre-shift and be in that rough you know maybe not the exact same percent same same place but you know within five feet or so of of your original uh position yeah. the entire inning and then you could change it up each inning or maybe, maybe it could just be you have to have you have to have three on one side and one on the other for the whole inning instead of maybe they could still move around but they'd have to be just they yeah. Just have to, you know, yeah but I think I think I think the 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 design of just no shift two on each side of the bases um, yeah it's more elegant and easier and also staying in the infield dirt so the, the, the rule doesn't left, um say anything right about field. um outfielders so they could in theory. Have another out, have an outfielder come way in, and then play with just like two essential outfielders. Let's spread wherever you want. I like that too because so. at least there's more space in the outfield to hit it. So if you get in the air, um, if they want to risk having another infielder uh, coming in, a fifth infielder, like they do that sometimes. If if you know there's one, it's a it's it's bottom of the ninth, uh, one run game. You know bases loaded. You really want to get that double play. You might bring you know the infield in. If it's a sing, if it's a hit, well it's over anyway. Um, so I, 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 yeah, I like having freedom with the outfielders, but less freedom with the infielders. I think that, I think that's fair too. So there are, there's still possibility for like tricky or strategic defensive positioning, but it's not going to be like it is right now where it seems like it's seemingly all, all of the teams do it almost all the time now because it's become that it started kind of as a fad with like a few teams did it against certain players. And then it just became yeah. You see, like David Ortiz or something like that. Uh, yeah. You know, the big lefty. He's going to pull the ball every time. Or you'd see it. You know, but you know, I, it's 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 much less. Yeah, I, it's it's more interesting seeing the the players play at the positions that they sort of are supposed to be a second baseman playing halfway between first and second, right? Uh, or close, maybe closer to you know the base or something, or a shortstop kind of halfway between second and third, right? And and not and not halfway between first and second in in shallow right field. Yeah, yeah. they would do that sometimes too. I thought that was that was funny. Yeah, but it, but it has like the shifts have really more or less neutralized the ability of a left-handed hitter to do almost anything to the right side of the of the infield. Yeah, if you want somebody in shallow right field, we'll push the right fielder down and push the center fielder over into right, and then you can move. I guess you could move the. Uh, 
uh, left fielder up in the center. And you can move, yeah, you can switch the outfielders around and do some of the same things that shifts do. Um, and I think I think managers and uh, players will, as as the time as time goes on, figure out those rules and be able to um, use them to their advantage. I, I know the like the, the Royals have tended to use a lot of defensive shifts, but they they lack one key skill is their ability to actually pitch to the <laughs> shift. And that's been a huge problem that they've had for most of the time they've been doing shifts is that they, they don't actually pitch to the shift. They don't want to pitch an outside pitch uh, to a lefty because uh, then he'll take it the other way probably more easily. It's, it's easier for them to take it the other way than it is to pull yeah. it. But if there's nobody on that side of the field, it's a, almost a guaranteed hit. And yeah. they seem to do that way too often. So either the, the pitchers aren't accurate enough to throw where they're supposed to throw it, which case you probably don't want to shift anyway because it doesn't matter, right? So to me, it was maddening to watch the Royals do this. Like in, <laughs> to, yeah. to, try to, to try to do what everybody else is doing, but not have the Royals have never been able to, do to actually what the other teams do as well as most teams. It's, uh, they they kind of If they succeed, they usually succeed at going in their own way. Um, because if they try to do, emulate the other teams, they're usually worse at it than trying to do something unique. It seems like they, they just don't understand the analytics concepts that that the way other teams do, and uh, they've all, they've always seemed to be very far behind in analytics. In application of analytics, I guess is probably more appropriate. Yeah. But, um, let's uh, the one additional change um, is that the uh, bases are going to be um 18 inches instead of 15 inches a bit bigger yeah i saw the actual that. physical yeah. size of the base is going to increase by three inches. i think that's all right i think because again maybe makes the stolen base a little bit closer just little, the base a little bit closer. easier to grab onto um also probably eliminate some injuries because you'll have a first baseman's foot doesn't have to be quite yeah. as close to where the runner's foot is going to be i right. think that's i think that can be a good But I think having them a little bit bigger, um, I yeah, I think I think that's a good thing for especially you know, for stolen bases and just for general close plays. Um, you don't have to you don't have to worry about somebody stepping on your ankle or or um, something like that. Or maybe not quite as much at least. Not quite as much. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's also supposed to try. They're they're trying to slightly limit the uh, risk of oversliding through the bag. They may be able to grab in those, yeah, and in those replays time. where like the guy stole the base, he got in there safely, but he was off, he was off the base for mic one microsecond as he kind of bounced, right? And then it was technically out, which which they never called before instant replay. Right. Um, I know I don't care for that. those anyway, but most of the time, I kind of like the um the theatrics of like trying to like, jump over or contort. Uh, body around a tag. I think those are mm -hmm. kind of fun, but for the most part, it's like if the ball beats you there, you're out. I think. Really. Yeah, it's the old like neighborhood sort of concept. Mm -hmm. that, um, I like that. Or also like just if you, if you if you get in there first, just because the guy holds the tag on you forever while you yeah. bounce while you kind of slosh around the base. Um, I don't think that should be out either. Usually, it's like as you kind of, you it's just a lot of them. You know, it's impossible to hold on to it completely. And if you want to, if you want to encourage stolen bases, you should allow, I think allow um, the base stealer more of the kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agree. Speaking of uh, baseball, yes. 
our Royals are playing. They're currently 57 and 84, perhaps on their way to 57 85, given the fact that I think they're losing to the Twins right now, five to nothing. Um, the last time I saw. Um, okay. What are your predictions? Uh, let me give you. Let me give you a um, a end record for the Royals, and you say if, if uh, they're going to be over that or under that. So, um, uh, so they're fifty-seven and eighty-four now. They have twenty-one more games. Let's. Do you think they will be over or under sixty-six and one half wins? So they could be sixty-six and ninety-six or sixty-seven and ninety-five. That's that's the choices. Uh, you think they'll be over or under 66 and a half? If they, so to take the over, they'd have to get to 67 wins. They have to go yeah. 10 and 11 to finish the season. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in a typical year, I would think that the Royals would normally be over that. They like to play in September. Because at, the, at this point, yeah, it's a, the September call-ups... Um, They've tended to play very well at the end of the season, giving everyone hope for the next season. Um, this year, they did essentially the September call-ups in June-ish. Yeah. Uh, and then into July as well, and then more in August, and now um, one or two more in September. Um, I think they, they seem to be not playing so well recently. I think their schedule's not so great i think to finish the year i got this weird six game road series at cleveland to end the season uh after after another three game road series in detroit so they've got nine they finished the game and finished the season with nine on the road um out of the out of the you know the sweat box that kansas city is the pressure cooker right maybe they'll thrive on the road that, that's possible neither um, detroit nor cleveland were that great this year Normally, I would take the over. I, I, this season, I'm uh, taking the under on that one. 90, so you think they'll be 66, 96, yeah, or six, worse? 66 wins is a maybe a high cap. Do you think there's a chance that they'll lose a hundred? Um, so they would need they would they would um only be able to win five. And they go five and sixteen. They go five and sixteen. I think that is an outside possibility. I don't think it will happen though. Okay. I think it's, gonna, it is within the realm of possibility. Okay. I'm going to be optimistic. I'll say they hit the over just to make it different from you. I'll say they're at least 67 wins this year. Um, and we'll find out at the end of the season which one of us is victorious on that on that end. Yes. Excellent. And speaking of speaking of betting. Victorious or not victorious. Victorious or not victorious. You want to, let's, talk, let's talk about week one of the NFL. Sure. We had uh, each, each pick three games. Um, Three games that turned out to be pretty close uh, for for me. Um, I'm not sure if yours uh, uh, you came close to winning on any of you. You came close to winning on your the ones you lost, but I won one handily. The other two were uh, not so close. I, I also won handily, and the other two were kind of yeah, close-ish. We, we, we um, both our um, first picks that we made correct. You had um, our first picks. You Ravens picked, minus seven. Ravens minus seven. I saw the Ravens is blowing out the Jets. They didn't get as many points as I thought they would, but they only held the Jets to nine points. So 24 to nine or 25 to nine, whatever the score ended up being. Easily covering the spread, though. Easily covering the spread. Also way under. Um, so, yeah, that was my first call. Your first call was actually the Chiefs taking care of business on the road against um, the Cardinals. They made that look very easy. I'm surprised how easy they made it look. Mm. The, the score may have been closer than it actually was. Yeah, it was. It was a. It was thirty-seven to seven at one point. 
Yeah. Um, Mahomes looked better than I remember seeing him any time last year. Um, commanding the field, being able to move around in the pocket without kind of panicking. Um, you know, he threw his touchdown passes were all short, but he threw a lot of long passes um, or me- deep to medium deep uh, passes um, to Kelsey and some other guys. Um, he just he just he, looked. He just he just magical. missed a few. Also, there were there were a couple of pretty close ones to Hardman. Yeah, Hardman it looked like he could have laid out a couple of times and gotten the ball. Yeah. Um, there's if they're if they're like close in week one, they're probably gonna you know get that tuned up. For, uh, yeah. Hard, Hardman's interesting because I don't think he quite he's very fast, but when he's looking for the ball, I don't think he's quite as fast. He slows down instead of instead of kind of maintaining his speed, and so I think a little underthrow to Hardman would be better for uh, uh, for Mahomes. And I think he was very it was very difficult to overthrow Tyree Kill, so you could just. Right. You know, and he could track the ball like basically no no other player, uh, even though he was much shorter than his uh, um, defensive uh, counterpart. He could still you know find the ball, leap over uh, that person, get at the you know the highest point. You know, it's one of those things that he he was remarkable at. But um, I think the I think Hardman he's always been a little bit off. It seems like he and Mahomes, if there's any receiver that's a little bit off of Mahomes, it's, it's Hardman. He never, they never, they never quite gel. Um, you can see that in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Um, and maybe Hardman also, he doesn't quite, he doesn't make the diving uh, layout catches the way that some of the other receivers might. Whether that's just lack of confidence or um, maybe not see, tracking the ball quite as well. It's hard to say. I think, they're they're likely to either, you know, address that during the season, or he will lose ground in in uh you know his standing with the receiving core though as well. So, mm-hmm. um, chances are those kinds of things will either they'll work themselves out one way or another. Yeah, how about our next our our, our losing bets? I lo- I we I had Carolina beating. The Browns in a pick'em. Uh, they almost did that. They had a close game. Down. They they came back and were up by one point, twenty four to twenty three. Uh, but then a uh, fifty eight yard field goal by the rookie kicker from Cleveland um, sealed the deal for the for the Cleveland Browns, who won their first opening game since two thousand four. They hadn't mm-hmm. won an opening day in eighteen years. So wow. um, usually the Browns those opening day losses were one of 15 or 16 losses uh, on the season. But um, even in the more recently better Browns, they hadn't won uh, an opening day in in, in 18 years. So um, I guess hats off to the, to the Jacoby Brissett led Cleveland Browns. Right. Cre- creating a potential uh, quarterback controversy. Uh, well, one quarter week, at week 12 or whatever. Right. So one quarterback is a, you know, <laughs> sort of model or at least uh, non uh, unassuming citizen. And the other one is a, a bit of a nightmarish monster. Uh, so, you know, you might want to put Jacoby Brissett out there. They're doing their PR moves now, basically. Uh, well, well um, my next pick uh, did not go um, nearly as well as, as your pick nearly went. <laughs> I, had, I had the uh, I took the over in the Raiders Chargers game, which I expected to be 
a bit of a shootout. Uh, it was not so much of a shootout. The Raiders didn't uh, look so great. Um, 24-19, only a, like only a 43. Three turnovers, and I uh, just didn't play well in general. And What was, what was the, what was the over-under? Game, though, yeah. um, it was a fairly high over-under, I think. It was uh, 50, some, 52 or something like I think that? It was in the low 50s, yeah. yeah. And uh, they only ended up in the – I think it was – Maybe it was 53. 53. They ended at 43. Yeah. So I think I think there, there was still like a chance, you know, going into the like the last several minutes of the game, like had had the Raiders, you know, gotten, uh, you know, a field goal or a touchdown, may have, you know, four, probably a touchdown, I guess. Then, uh, you know, the Chargers go down and they get another touchdown to win the game. Two touchdowns. Yeah, two touchdowns. Yeah, but, but, uh, I think yeah, you, I you can place the blame on the Chargers as much as the Raiders uh, yeah. that game too. So they, they didn't, you know, the Raiders defense isn't, isn't all that uh, formidable. Um, Apparently not. You can see what the Chiefs scored against the Raiders last year. Right. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite sold on the Chargers being as good as some people saying they are. They. Um, it's, it seems like they should have won the game by a lot more. Because they were they were fairly dominant in in uh, yardage and time of possession and they didn't have a lot of penalties, no turnovers, but they still had like they had a like, turnover on downs and they um, missed a field goal attempt I guess too. So the they, it seemed like they, they left some points out there anyway. Yeah. Um, and my, my last uh, in my second incorrect betting pick was the Texans Colts game. Where I thought the Colts surely would beat the lowly Texans by at least seven, um, they did not. They didn't even beat the Texans. They right. struggled to an ugly twenty twenty tie, and so, and I guess that that's where the that's, even though they have a new quarterback in Matt Ryan, the Colts left off where they kind of did last year at the end of the season, where they laid an egg at Jacksonville. Uh, they would have made the playoffs had they won against the lowly Jaguars. Uh, and here, you know, they would have had the chance to take a commanding uh, division lead uh, had they been able to beat the Texans. But now they're simply tied for first at 0-0-1 zero, zero, because no NFC South team won uh, last week. Despite two of the teams playing each other, right? That's, that's, yeah. the, that's, the, <laughs> that's the like surprising part. Yeah. What are the odds of that? Right, not not terribly good. And your last and your last betting yeah. pick didn't go very well either. Yeah, I had a relatively close um, spread in a game of uh, Packers Vikings. I took Packers minus one point five, uh, and the Packers um, played their own egg. I guess it's maybe yeah, Packers game. looked bad. Um, Rodgers he didn't have anybody to throw to. Um, Which so is completely opposite of what I said um, about Rodgers that he didn't matter who he had as a receiver, he would. Uh, Make receivers better, and apparently he did not this time. Apparently not. He it's one of those things where he's able to find new guys and spread it around um, without Devonte Adams. Um, Rogers didn't do so well, and with Devonte Adams, I guess Derek Carr didn't do so well. But that was that that was more on Carr than it was on Devonte Adams, who had a big game. Yeah. And uh, Jordan Love even made an appearance uh, in that game. 
my favorite. <laughs> and it was a four or five for 65 yards. So Ooh. much better uh, QBR than Aaron Rodgers for the game. Is, it, is, it, is, it, is there a quarterback controversy in Green Bay now? Ooh, good question. <laughs> Probably not. I still think you keep Rodgers in there, yes. Um, in three seasons, perhaps, but uh, still probably not. Yeah. How bad? How bad would Rodgers have to be to be replaced for a start? Oh, he well, if he's not hurt, um, right? I would say if he throws ten picks in the next three games, people will start wondering if he's done. If they if they just flat lose to the Bears, they lose the next three games. Just uh, just Rogers the very next has... game. If they lose to the Bears, is is his, is his job at risk? No, not if they just lose to the Bears. Um, he, he's famously made comments about how he, he owns the Bears. the Bears. Yeah, yeah. I think if I think if they start zero and four, Rogers has ten has eleven interceptions on the season. He threw one in the last week. If he's if he has eleven picks after in their zero and four, then I think there's talk. Um, there's talk. Yeah. Action, but there's talk. Yeah, there's talk. I don't think there's action. Although, yeah, there's, yeah, because again, why would they, they wanted, really wanted Jordan Love in there. Uh, they, they drafted him to be the quarterback of the future. And, you know, Rogers, you know, if he does, again, I, I couldn't see, I don't see this happening at all. But if that were to happen, um, you know, I think Rogers would, would be pretty irate. Uh, and there might be a, uh, a bit of a, Cool, you know, uh, cooling off period and then and having love step in, but um, you know, especially especially or if Rogers doesn't do very well, maybe gets hurt during a game. Love comes in and picks up the slack and brings the team to victory. Right. That might also lead to a quarterback controversy. But uh, again, it's just a controversy. Yeah, it's not an actual replacement. Right? I don't think I, I don't really think there's any way, but uh, yeah. there's. But it would it would take like three consecutive Joe Burrow type uh, performances uh, from from week one, where Burrow threw four picks, had a fumble. Um, if you know he had that many turnovers, and Love is just standing there still after you know three games, four games, maybe, and especially if he looks pretty good in mop up duty like he did um, against Minnesota, maybe we do something about it. But unlo- very 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 unlikely. Yeah. Yeah, the two-time reigning MVP is not probably going to fall off a cliff that fast. No, well, an inactive MVP, right? Was he was was the MVP last year? Yeah, two-time. I said, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, but like the reigning, even though, right? yeah, two-time reigning. Yes, yes. Rainy, yes. Okay, there we go. Um, yeah. So let's. Do you want to you want to get into this week? Uh, I don't think we'll have time to discuss the Chiefs Chargers. The Chiefs were opened. At, plus, at minus three over the Chargers, now it's minus four. I like the Chiefs at, uh, at least by a field goal. Um, minus four is a little bit uh, tougher, but it's a Thursday night game. Anything can happen, but I think we're both going to steer, steer away from the Thursday night uh, game and instead look at it. Look at some Sunday, ma- some Sunday, and perhaps Monday matchups. Well, that, maybe I would maybe just mention though too. Like um, they are still looking at. I guess um, McDuffie did get. Um, is a hamstring injury ended up landing him on the IR? He's so. on the IR, yeah. They brought in uh, DiCaprio yeah. Boodle, Boodle, your favorite, yeah. uh, back on the practice squad, so he might see some action uh, in the next couple of weeks. And Harrison Bucker may or may not kick next week. Yeah, he was um, um, did not practice today, apparently. So they're, yeah, they brought uh, in uh, Amon, a guy named Amendola as the 
who won a what they call a six kicker derby uh, in practice, uh, and he was the winner of of the six kickers. Uh, and we'll see, you know we'll see if he ends up playing or if Justin Reed uh, uh, simply uh, comes in and perhaps Justin Reed's gonna handle the kickoffs anyway. Who knows? He's pretty good at that. He seemed to have enough enough leg to get um, touchbacks. I think um, all but one of the kickoffs. I think was just. I think there were five out of seven. He had touch. He had. Yeah. Touch oh, was there so, a second one? Okay. Yeah, but uh, that's uh, that's not bad at all. It's very high percentage. Really, if you can, if you can get it into the end zone, that's that's pretty good. It is good. Yeah. So we'll see how the Chiefs play against the Chargers. Um, by the time this gets put up, probably we will know the result of that game. Um, just um do you have predictions for that so we can i think the chiefs will win i think the chiefs and keenan allen is probably going to be kind of going to be out um um for the for the charters so offensively they're going to be a little bit more limited although they have pretty good they're pretty deep um i would keenan allen is kind of injury prone anyway so he's not he's he's out a lot um i would say i think the chiefs will win um would how how would you 34 34 24 i would say i would say so it's, you'd um, expect him to cover the spread i expect yeah. him to cover and yeah. it would hit the over 34 24 would be um over the uh 54 54.5 i think mahomes line. will have a little bit of a statement he wants to make against herbert who's been the kind of critical darling of late despite not really having any team success in his first couple of seasons um yeah, I think I think there's a bit of a chip on Mahomes' shoulder this year, and I hope he and and I hope he can uh, continue playing as well as he did uh, in in uh, in Phoenix. And I think, like I mentioned last week too, the uh, I think with the Chiefs' schedule, I don't think they're looking to take any chances uh, with games, and and you know, the gentlemanly scenario I think is out. Yeah, Thursday, but Thursday night games are always crazy, and sometimes the road team actually does better on Thursday nights. Um, and the Chiefs have lost Thursday night games before the, the Chargers, so it's it's one of those things where it's 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 whack. It's like it's like week one of the season. It's really wacky on those Thursday night games. Well, last last year they were pretty lucky; they had their Thursday night game in week one, so they didn't have to deal with this, you know, later in the year. Yeah, but it is nice to get that. Thursday night game out of the way fairly early. Yeah, two years ago they had Thursday night game. No, yeah, it was after the Super Bowl win, I guess. Yeah, last year I can't remember who the Thursday night opponent was, but it was was it the Chargers again? I don't know. Um, but they um, any any games on uh, this week's uh, Sunday slate that you're interested in for uh, betting purposes? For betting purposes, a lot of interesting lines, a lot of big spreads, much bigger spreads. Um, and some, perhaps some really spreads, low over under numbers too. Some low over unders. Yeah. Some big spreads. I don't. I'm right now. I'm. I think the big spreads. I'm attracted to a little bit more. Um, and there are kind of some um bad teams playing other bad teams, which makes it more difficult to predict. Yeah. So my my number one pick, I think, is um. Again, we saw the Broncos lose in kind of silly fashion against uh the Seahawks on on Monday night where they you know had a minute left and they decided to kick a 64 yard field goal rather than try to get it closer um 
you know, there was a fourth and five. You got you got your big quarterback, Russell Wilson. You think you can make, you know, let's say you're 50-50 on the fourth and five. Uh, you're probably much less than 50-50 on um, the 64-yarder. Um, and, you know, with that much time, they had they, had, they wasted seconds. They wasted timeouts. Um, you know, Nathaniel Hackett. Is it Nathaniel Hackett? Um yeah, the son of the of uh, Paul Hackett. Uh, yeah, Nathaniel Hackett, the son of Paul Hackett, the former Chiefs offensive coordinator, much maligned Chiefs offensive coordinator. I think just being his son uh, should have ruled him out uh, from the head coaching uh, um, ranks immediately. But the the Broncos decided to bring him in. Um, I don't think he's going to be a very good coach, but um, mainly because I didn't like his dad. That's probably why. <laughs> You're not, you're not a big legacy coach fan. I am not a legacy. He's like, why? He's, yeah, if you're, yeah, I'm not a legacy person. I so like the, just because you're the son of a son of a former coach doesn't mean you're going to be a good one. And if you're the son of a bad coach, I think that doesn't make that doesn't make things even any better. Um, you know, there are a lot more a lot more Mike Shulas out there uh, than there are um, Kyle Shanahan's. I guess we could say Kyle Shanahan's a pretty good coach. Uh, but Mike Shanahan was a pretty good coach. Um, so, is it the same uh, mentality for uh, political decisions then too? Yeah, Marty Shaw. We, Kurt, Kurt, yeah, I, I would say yeah. I'm not a legacy fan in general. I don't want to vote. For, I don't want to vote or um, pick the the doltish son of a <laughs> former scion. Um, yeah. You prefer the meritocracy concept than the, I suppose so, legacy concept. Yes, however, and however. your football coaching. Yes, I'd say especially football coaching. I, I think politics is boring enough. Who, if you want, if you want to run and be, and think of yourself as that important, just do it. Um, at this point, um, it's hard to make things worse than they are ready are. Um, but I like so of those high spreads. I like the Texans. At plus ten, I don't think the um, at uh, at mile high, the Texans looked a little bit surprisingly spry against the Colts. I think the Colts are a better team than uh, the Broncos are, and um, I think ten points for the Broncos at home, especially coming off that loss to Seattle that they should have won. Um, I don't I don't see how they cover ten. I, I don't think ten. I, I think they might win it. They probably will win it, but I don't think necessarily they'll cover. Um, ten points is a lot of points in the NFL. Um, so those, I'm looking at those ten point games primarily. Texans plus ten is your first pick, then. Texans plus ten is my first pick. What is your first pick? I, I kind of um, like your mentality here. I think I may apply that to a, to another game, but I don't know if I like it as much as that though. Too the the Green Bay. Chicago game. I think I I'm rooting for chaos here because this isn't real money. I guess anyway. Um, I may take the the Bears at uh, plus ten uh, against the against Green Bay. Oh, good. I was that was that was one of mine as well. Can, am I allowed to keep that, or do I have to pick three different games from you? Um, I don't think so. I think you can do whatever you want. Okay. That was my third pick, but I'll move up second pick. in my lineup. I also picked the Bears plus 10 because okay. the Bears look pretty good. You know, they beat the 49ers. The 49ers, right. I think, are a better team, at least 
they could be a better team than Green Bay. The quarterback situation for the 49ers is very iffy. I think I think they have a better chance to win with Garoppolo than they do with mm-hmm. Trey Lance. Just just kind of I think Trey Lance is a little bit of a of a Jordan Love type. Um, but you know, maybe maybe he'll uh, come around. Um, but I think the team around Aaron Rodgers is not nearly as good as the team that was around um, Trey Lance. Um, I think perhaps Kittle might be back um, uh, next. I guess I guess it doesn't matter this for this game because the 49er. But uh, okay. uh, <laughs> I think, um, but I think um, the team, the, the the 49ers team, even though they lost their first game, is still is probably in better shape than the the team of the Packers, although the Packers are in a much weaker division, we think. So, um, but anyway, I think the Packers beat the Bears, but I don't know necessarily if it's going to be um, plus 10 either. Right. That's that's what I mean. And I guess there were some pretty um, uh, poor field conditions for that uh, Bears 49ers game too. Um, there was a lot of rain at the beginning prior to the game and the field was apparently partly underwater to start um, – the opening. Oh, that's an ugly Sunday night game. Two ugly Sunday nights in a row. Looks yeah. like because the 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 Colt Cowboys underperformed uh, woefully, um, and now we have a Packers Bears matchup that's also pretty unappetizing. But right, who likes the the NFL really hypes up the Packers Bears, but I don't think I don't think anybody outside those markets really thinks that's ever a great game. Um, at least it hasn't been for yeah. a while. I don't remember the last time the Bears were good. Maybe maybe a few years ago uh, when they made the playoffs. But usually, when the Bears are good, the Packers aren't good. When the Packers are good, the Bears aren't good. And usually, the Bears aren't good. So um, <laughs> it's been a while since they've been actually good. Yeah, they had one fluke season in Matt Nag- in Matt Nagy's first year, right? Twelve and four. But um, I still don't see the Packers as winning by a lot. Um, the over under forty two point five. That's very low. I might think it's it might go it might slip under, but um, I, I I think I take I'd rather take the Bears at plus ten as well. All so right. we you make that we, your second pick then. My second pick. What is your second pick? Are you going to pick one of mine? Um, oh, maybe I'm going to steal another one of yours. I just don't know what they are though. So, um, I think um, I think my next pick, um. With uh, Dak Prescott's injury, I don't think uh, the uh, Cowboys are going to be putting up much of a fight against the Bengals. Who are probably going to be fairly upset after their Week One performance. Uh, I would take the uh, Bengals minus seven point five at the Cowboys on Sunday afternoon. Okay, well, if, you had taken, if you had taken that a few days ago, you could have got the Bengals at plus two. Uh, that would be a pretty, uh, yeah. a pretty oh. good. But when when Prescott was hurting before the, Prescott wasn't hurting before the, the the Cowboys revealed themselves as a perhaps not very good team uh, when they played um, the Buccaneers. Um, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be uh, you know, Dallas without Dak Prescott, Burrow wanting to make amends for his pretty woeful performance uh, against the Steelers. Yeah, I think that's a good pick, but I don't know seven and a half's a lot, but. Um, on the road, but I don't think Dallas is going to be very good. That's I mean, yeah, the the fall off um, from okay to bad is pretty steep for the uh, point totals, typically. 
You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> so how about your uh, your my, third my pick? third pick? There are some of these plus these ten point games that I'm looking at. Um, the Bills are favored over the Titans by ten. I don't know if I want to go there. Um, the Rams Falcons game is also the Rams are favored by ten. Um, I don't know if I want to do that one, but one that I think might turn out uh, in my favor uh, is the Seahawks at the 49ers. The Seahawks coming off a victory over um, the Broncos, one where they ran the ball well, they didn't turn the ball over. Geno Smith had a pretty decent game. Um, and they're playing a team that doesn't really have a great quarterback right now uh, in Trey Lance. And I said Kittle might be back, which would help um, the 49ers. But I still don't necessarily see them winning by 10. It's a division division rivalry, Seahawks-Niners um, at San Francisco or in Santa Clara. Um yeah, I don't know if the I don't know if the 49ers I think it's a, I think it's going to be a defensive struggle. I don't know if the 49ers are going to put up enough points to cover by 10 even if they win um with with Lance back there. So I like the Seahawks at plus 10. As well, over under for that game is only 42.5 with a 10 point spread. So they're really not expecting a lot of points from Seattle in this game. No, there would have to be 10 point spread 26 to 16. Right. Uh, would be just just under. Just under. Or 27-16 would, would cover both right. over and um, cover the spread, 27-16. I could see that happening, but I could see it. I, I think I see it more as a 24-14 game, something like that, uh, or 24-16, you know, you know, some weird 18 points. You know, some Seattle's going to get points in some weird way. They're going to miss some extra points, or there's going to be a safety. Nine uh, safeties. Yeah, <laughs> So I, ten points is always a lot. So I'd say I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I like the Seahawks at uh, plus ten for my third pick. A lot of uh, underdogs on big spreads. That seems to be that's your, what I'm going with right now. Key to victory for week two. That's my key. Um, for my third pick, I looked at a couple of different games. I I thought about the um, Cardinals Raiders game. Raiders is at minus six. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about um, the Cardinals covering that, but I think I think um, I think I'm going to go a different way though. I kind of like this um, Patriots Steelers game. I don't think much of uh, the Patriots, and they're actually favored in there in the game at Pittsburgh. Um, I think I'm going to take uh, the Steelers at plus one point five. The Steelers defense home, is looking very good at home well, against the Patriots. Although TJ Watt perhaps tore his uh, pectoral, what uh, is true muscle and is not going to be playing. You know, does that does that change your? I don't t- think so. I don't. I don't think. I don't think the Patriots have any offense. So. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think uh, Mr. Trubisky is any any worse than Mac Jones really as a quarterback. Um, I think the Patriots going to be. I mean, the Pittsburgh's going to be at home. Patriots on the road. Patriots usually start slow in September. Even if they turn out to be good, there's some September is, is usually the time to beat them um, before they kind of gel. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a decent pick. Um, I, that, that, yeah, it wasn't one of mine, but I think I, that makes sense to me. Well, that's, a, that's always the thing with 
with betting is, is you can justify just about anything to yourself. And going up to the counter, you know you've got a winning ticket, and and then and then you watch the game, and and uh, it doesn't go that way, though, does it? Yes, it's a fool's errand for most people, including us. Uh, so we'll see if we can buck that trend uh, this time. I like, yeah, those big spreads. That's what attracted me today, um, because I think NFL games they want the games to be close. Right. Uh, you know, you you have a bit of conspiracy, conspiratorial mindset regarding the referees keeping the games close artificially. Um, so maybe we'll have some of that. They, they need some close game. They had a lot of close, we had a lot of close games uh, last week. Um, here, the lineup of games seems pretty terrible. The prime time, you know, the Sunday night game is uh, Bears Packers. Both of those, neither of those teams seem that great so far. Historically, uh, they have had decent matchups there. Yeah. It is a big rivalry game. It is a big it's rivalry, a very, but it's a very regional game, though, also. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, Cowboys Bengals was the national game on CBS. Now that looks pretty bad. Um, you know, are they going to switch to Cardinals Raiders or is it still going to be Bengals Cowboys? Um, the Fox four four o'clock games look a little bit less uh, rosy too than they did because of the Rams and the 49ers both lost. Uh, so it's one of those, and the Falcons don't look very good. Uh, Titans Bills maybe on Monday night. Vikings Eagles on Monday night would both look pretty good. Um, although the Titans um, didn't play very well last week, but um, you know, so it's it's the Sunday matchups are seem a little bit weak. I think in terms of uh, interest because uh, the best game of the week seems to be definitely the Thursday night game, um, the Chiefs Chiefs Chargers, and then the Monday night games are pretty good too. And then in between though, we have a lot of high spreads or two struggling teams uh, probably matching uh, matching wits with one another. It doesn't help that there are a lot of pretty mediocre to bad teams seemingly in the NFL right now. Yeah, a lot of it seems to be in the NFC especially. Um, but some of those AFC teams, um, you know, one, one of those games that might turn out to be better, I, I was thinking about betting what was a little bit lower was the Giants-Panthers. Giants were favored by two and a half. The Giants look pretty good against uh, the Titans. The Panthers lost, so I thought maybe the Giants might cover that. That would be my fourth game, probably. Giants plus two, Giants minus two and a half. I I could talk myself into the Giants making a wild card run this year uh, because of the NFC being so bad. Because Dallas is uh, likely much worse than they would have been otherwise. Um, but um, I like. I'm comfortable with my picks. I, I'm. I'm, I I think I've got a winner. I think I've got a winner this three winners this week. There you go. Just a like although since week, we picked the same last game, week, we each had a winner. Yeah, yeah. we one and two. <laughs> we, although we picked the same game, the Bears plus ten. That means probably both of us are going to lose that one. Right. <laughs> probably. It does. It does make it harder for us to differentiate our scores from each other. Um, with with one of them being the same pick at least anyway, but that's I think that's fine. We we had not we had not talked about those ahead of time. So, um, and to be to be clear, I uh, made my picks on the fly too. So. I, ha- I had these written down ahead of time. Um, I, I did not know. I did not. I did this about I did, I did them about a half hour before we went on air. Um, I also well, before we went on air, I came up with a trivia question, or two sort of two related trivia questions, uh, both involving Patrick Mahomes 
and his father, Pat Mahomes. Pat uh, Mahomes Sr. Pat, yes. Pat Mahomes the elder, the elder Pat Mahomes. Uh, I don't think they – it's Patrick Levon Mahomes is the quarterback. I don't know what Patrick uh, – Pat Mahomes' full name is. It's only listed as Pat Mahomes on baseball reference. Um We'll, we'll get our team on that one for next show. Which, uh, my, my question is, which Mahomes has more wins uh, in their career? Um, is Pat, it Pat Mahomes' father was a was a pitcher. Pat Mahomes' father was a pitcher. He pitched for 11 years in the big leagues. Primarily, primarily a reliever. I believe but... he was more of a relief pitcher. That's that's just off of memory. Mm-hmm. He's pitched he has more long. wins. So Patrick Mahomes, the son, uh, has a pretty stellar NFL record, but m- m- many fewer games per season uh, mm-hmm. football. And, um, and many fewer. Hmm. I think um, I think I will go with the uh, Patrick Mahomes too, the son with more wins. Patrick Levon Mahomes has a fifty-one and thirteen quarterback record through his uh, uh, season so far. Pat Mahomes, the pitcher, has a 42 and 39 record. So Patrick, the quarterback, has won more games than Pat, the pitcher, uh, won. So you are correct there, 42 and 39. Um, That's right. So just recently, I mean, recently, within the last um, six months, or 10 months, I guess, past, his father in victory. So. Yes. Um, uh, Patrick, Pat Mahomes, the pitcher, makes a, it seems like a very average reliever. He was, his career war is 0.1. Wow. Um, That's got to be pretty challenging to um, be that close to zero after yes. seasons. That's, that's pretty <laughs> impressive. Um. How many? I mean, Patrick. As I said, Pat Mahomes. He was a starting pitcher at some points in his career. How many? Ga- do you think Patrick, Pat Mahomes, the pitcher, started more games uh, than Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback? Ooh. Or, or was Patrick Mahomes the quarterback uh, started more games? So, Patrick Mahomes. You said is a forty-two. Pat Mahomes Sr. is 42 and 39. And, and uh, Patrick 50, Mahomes 53 is and 17. 51 and 13. 51 and 13. Okay. So that's that would be one so, one and a half full baseball seasons of starts. About 30 yeah. starts in a season. It's a, so Mahomes has 64 career Patrick Patrick Mahomes, uh, the quarterback has 64 career starts. Right, and right, Pat yeah, and, and so uh, that'd be that'd be basically two, just right at two seasons, full starts for mm-hmm. a pitcher. So if he if he started, yeah, for like the first three years of his career, off and on, he he would probably get there. Um, I don't remember him being a full time starter though. I think maybe he just made a few starts here and there, mostly maybe he had a season with full start. I'll, I'll say he is under, under his son's number of starts. You are correct, but very it's very very close. Uh, Pat, Pat Mahomes 
the elder started 63 games. Ooh, um, wow. So that just so Patrick Mahomes just passed Pat Mahomes in on, the number of games started on Sunday. Yeah. But not and and will Patrick Mahomes the son reach the number of appearances games appeared in as his father he would have to have a Tom Brady like career um his father appeared in 308 games right so it would take 20 almost 20 years of starting right for him to get to 300 i guess he could playoffs and stuff like that but um it's possible, but would you take the over on that? Three hundred and eight. If you include playoff starts, starts. They didn't include play. I don't think they included playoff starts in the football reference numbers that I'm looking at. Um, oh, don't, they probably don't include the playoff starts in um, the baseball reference one either. Though. No, that's true. Um. If you include playoff starts, I'd say he gets over 300 days. I don't know if he lasts as long. Because um, he'd have to be in the league for 21 years then. Because the first year he didn't have yeah. any starts. 20 times 6 in play, be healthy. 20 times 6, 60, 20 times 17 now, I guess. 340. Uh, three, yeah, I don't think he makes, I don't know if he makes 300 days. Um, well, a question could be, does he, have, does he throw as many touchdown passes as Pat Mahomes had strikeouts? Ooh, I think that's so. Patrick Mahomes has 156 touchdown passes. Uh, Pat Mahomes had 452 strikeouts. Oh, so you'd have to play about 10 more years at this pace. Yeah, well, I, I mean, in theories, um, Patrick Mahomes is on pace for 85 touchdown passes this season, so you would think for sure he's going to get there, right. 450 touchdown Brady. passes um, is uh, is uh, pretty high. It's not the high, it's um, career. What? How many touchdown passes does Tom Brady have? He's the he's the crazy active leader. I'll have, I'll have it here in a second. All-time career, passing touchdowns, Tom Brady, 625. 625, so. In 23 seasons. Yeah, but yeah Patrick Mahomes on, on pace for 85 touchdown passes this season. Though. Would you expect him to get to that? No. Um, I think he can get over 50 if he uh he had, he this, this is he had a hot start and he's got 17 games to do it. He's already he's got uh, a cushion of two. He just needs to average three touchdown passes every game to get 51. So he's already plus two on that uh, stretch. So you can have um, some bad games. I think he's I don't know if he doesn't if he avoids getting hurt. I, and and if the Chiefs truly um, play the you know the way that um, they're capable of. You know, Mahomes probably won't come out of the game, uh, you know, with only uh, three, you know, after only three quarters like he did in uh, this game. So, um, and they were so far up, he just, uh, 
handed the ball off to Pacheco on the last on his last drive. So, um, you know, if the games are a little more competitive, you know, I could see him averaging three coming on the way out. Um, yeah, that's not. I don't think that's, that's certainly not out of reach. Not out of reach. You would need to. Uh, you need to get to fifty-five for the NFL record for touchdowns mm-hmm. in the season. Although he is, he is already second. He already has the uh, second highest single season. He tied, yeah, tied with that for 50. Yes, yeah. Brady had a 50 and and, and uh, Mahomes had his 50. Right. And, yeah, with 17, 17 games, you have one extra. Uh, and very likely, uh, the, the, uh, Mahomes won't be sitting out uh, game 17 because there's only one bye, so the Chiefs will probably not be. Uh, come, you know, the Chiefs will probably be jockeying for playoff position all the way through. Um, so, you know, unless they happen to be 16 and 0 at that point, yeah. And but at that point, though, do you really do you want to get the 17 and 0 just to be undefeated? I don't know if the Chiefs will be 16 and 0, but uh, I don't think, I, don't think I, so. I think there'll be some losses along the way. I think, um, but I think the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs could be you know, 13 wins, 14 wins this season without. Um, that wouldn't be, um, especially if they get through the beginning of Gauntlet. So they, if they beat if they beat uh, San Diego, I think uh, that's a very good start. Then um, th- things might snowball. Um, but you know they play Buffalo, they play they play Tampa, they play uh, at Indianapolis, they play some hard uh, hard games this year. Plus the divisions is tough. Um, what what has been very really reassuring from watching Game One. Uh, they play the Rams. The, the defense looks much improved, much faster, much um, less likely to give up big chunks of yards. They seem to be tackling more accurately. Uh, this is uh, not a very nice change from the last couple of seasons uh, to see a week one defensive game. <laughs> yeah, they, they played well. They, and, the, and the score was only close because the end it didn't really matter. Um, and there are a lot of uh, substitutes playing and stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic about the Chiefs' chances this year. This first game, okay, this is the first game, though. You never know what's going to happen after the first game. But um, they played well. Um, they, they played well, better in their first game than they have in a while. Uh, even you know they, They've been winning their opening games, but it's been a struggle sometimes against uh, – um, they've struggled against the Chargers opening up. They tr- struggled against the Browns last year. The first game, the Jaguars win wasn't – you know, um, this is this is one of those things where this was a comfortable victory on the road, um, and yeah, looking to get home. Hopefully, this might also be the best time to catch the Chargers uh, since they're on a short week um, coming up. You know, with with some banged up players. Um, yeah, um, let's. Op- I'm, I'm optimistic, and um, again, again, this when this airs, we might be all wrong the Chiefs were sitting at one and one and Mahomes is uh was crumbling and under pressure and things like that but hopefully uh that hasn't happened um I'll put as much pressure on our editor to get this uh posted before the Thursday game so we don't have to be in that situation okay so should we wrap it up as as quickly as possible so we put less pressure on our editor I think so let's try Dr. Andrew Scaff well this has been another exciting uh episode of the warning track power hour I am Mike Werman. He is Dr. Andrew Scaff. We are the Warning Trek Power Hour. Uh, please like and subscribe to our podcast or YouTube feed. Uh, we enjoy uh, 
um, hearing from our listeners, uh, however many there may be out there. And um, we'll, we'll see you again next week and we'll discuss how we did and how the NFL season shaping up and also see how the Royals are doing uh, if they're coming along. And if one of, if uh, they happen to be, uh, you know, inching closer to the over under number that we were talking about. So stay tuned for next week. Excellent. Good day. Good day. Oh, I cut you off a bit. That's okay. Yes. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start over from the beginning. <laughs>